1: As always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we embark on another episode, Uh, a very special episode, might might I add, if I do say so myself. Mm -hmm. Um, Today marks the birth, the first of, the first of its name, the first of its kind, the first Discord Decides. Episode.
2: Ooh, what's up, Discorders?
1: What's up, Discorders? Thank you so much for voting. Yeah, we put it to a vote, and obviously today we are going to be talking about the movie that won for the theme this month. We went with a a very spicy, sassy, salty, spooky. Stephen King September
2: damn y'all mm-hmm. that alliteration was fake
1: the alliteration hits every time so I had <laughs> we to, do lo- it to we love we love
2: some good alliteration around here we do
1: we do that's actually part of the reason that I like we did Stephen King September because I I think I literally told you I was like you know a bitch loves alliteration
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was actually the first thing you said yeah. when you came up <laughs> with the idea <laughs>
1: i'm pretty sure those are my exact words if i could get a quote (laughs) bubble above my head i'm pretty sure those are like the accurate words but yeah i was very much feeling the alliteration um and also as fall looms on the horizon or are we in fall isn't it the first i think today
2: the the day we're recording this is the official first day of fall
1: okay so as fall has fallen i stephen king just kind of becomes a either you know i go to his books or i go to the movie adaptations of his books because they always get me into a fall-esque mood um Mm -hmm. so yeah stephen king just seemed like uh, a nice kind of segue into fall and we put three movies up to vote three movies that we narrowed it down to and discord obviously decided to do or they decided they wanted us to do in the tall grass
2: again thank you discord for deciding that and if you are bummed because you didn't get to vote or disagree with the choice of votes based on the other options that we had go ahead and join the discord so that your vote also counts Mm -hmm. too Uh, but I'll quickly say I was very surprised that this was the movie that discord decided
1: you were you were and to be fair I also was I'm not gonna lie I was hoping that this would be the movie that discord decided on because yeah,
2: not, not, it's not a bad thing. I was just very much surprised that no, this me was the as choice. Because
1: well, I definitely thought this was the underdog going into the vote. If anybody wants to know, the other options we had were misery and pet cemetery. Um, So going up against those uh yeah i definitely thought this movie was going in as the underdog which made me feel it could go two ways it, because it is kind of not as well known i was like maybe people want to hear us talk about it and then um then my other way was you know maybe because it's not as well known it's not going to get as many votes but i mm-hmm. was very very excited that it won because It's a movie that I have wanted to talk about for a while just to anybody. And like I haven't I hadn't I hadn't talked to anybody who had seen this movie before who had also seen this movie before. Okay. so I think it's going to be a really fun one to break down. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, earlier this week, we had a conversation where we said, you know, that that time time do be timing was basically what our conversation (laughs) was and and this movie fits in that it's like time do be timing until it until it don't you know
2: until it don't time no more
1: until it don't want to time no more that could have been the tagline (laughs) time do be timing but sometimes it don't
2: but sometimes it don't it's true true
1: do you want to hit us with a spoken word about time
2: all right i got you time Mm -hmm. it's a cycle Cycle like the wheels on my bike when I cycle through society and life as I go through time, coasting to the next blip in the time line. Time. Thank you.
3: Wow. That
1: was good.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you.
1: That was very good. It, uh, can we get editing Rochene? Can you add in like background music behind you that's like the the do do do, 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 do. Can you add th- that in please? I
2: think editor Rochene got that. I hope I, I hope you do. I hope you listen to editor Roshane. Don't don't be lazy. Put yeah. it in. Yeah.
1: If you need to just do my voice on a loop, doing that, and if you can't find it, you can do that. But I think you'll be able to find like the vibe I'm looking for. Time.
2: It's a cycle. Cycle like the wheels on my bike when I cycle through society and life as I go through time, coasting to the next blip in the time
3: line.
2: Time. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, man. All right. But <laughs> shall we get into In the Tall Grass?
2: We shall. All right, homies. As you know, we are now entering into spoiler territory, so you have been warned. But today we are talking about In the Tall Grass. This is directed by Vincenzo Natali, based on a novel by Stephen King and Joe Hill. It's starring Lysa de Oliveira as Becky, Avery Whitted as Cal, Harrison Gilbertson as Travis, Will Boy Jr. as Tobin, and Patrick
3: Wilson as Ross. Siblings Cal and Becky drive past the endless fields of Kansas on their way to San Diego. However, Their road trip is soon interrupted when Becky hears a young boy, Tobin, crying for help within the field of tall grass. As the two investigate, they quickly notice that something is not right about this field, and they are clearly not alone. Insert kinda dead dogs, kinda dead people, and a kinda crazy dad here. Our film concludes with Tobin and his newfound field family fighting for their lives as they attempt to flee the never-ending grass and the evil that lurks within. Also, should have invested in a leash. Roll credits.
1: Um, I would like to give props to the director of this film, my boy Vincenzo Natali because he is also the director and the writer of the movie the movie um cube and mm. uh that is like one of my one of my favorite horror movies so i just wanted to i just wanted to give him his props because i didn't even realize it was not until this watch that i realized it was the same director um and it actually kind of makes sense when i think about it and you know i'll go into depth about that later on but hmm I got to give it up to him because I love that movie. I love Cube. So
2: I don't know if I've seen Cube. I want to oh. say that I look. Okay. 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 Look, 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 look,
3: hold on. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait. I don't. Okay. I don't
2: think that I've seen Cube. All right. I don't think, but yeah. after we're done recording, I will look and let you know. Um, and if I haven't, and so we can throw it on the list of things we got to talk about. You know, it's it's a very generic name. Okay, so there are a couple movies in my brain right now, and I'm not sure if any of them. How are many the proper cubes? One. Why? <laughs> How many cubes do you know?
1: How many cubes do you know?
2: Look, look I know huh? this.
1: I know there. I know at least five movies called Circle or The Circle. <laughs> but hit me with the cubes. I know a movie called Triangle.
2: Look, I didn't know you was gonna put me on blast like this. I was just trying to be honest with you. And now you got me feeling the fires and heats of your passion
1: i'm sorry i did get really that was uncalled for i'll say that (laughs) (laughs) i will i will accept that that was slightly uncalled for but you just you hit me with a did you just hit me with a bit of a humdinger that i wasn't expecting (laughs) (laughs) but since this is your first right this was your first time watching this movie Mm -hmm. okay Since it was your first time, I'm dying to know. Roshane, what's in your notebook?
2: Well, the first thing that I wrote down is Becky's got some nerve for doing a puke scene in such a prime portion of movie snack time. That was my (laughs) first note, and I felt that shit with my whole soul.
1: What were you snacking on?
2: I was snacking on some Doritos, but that's (laughs) besides the point. That's besides the point, all right. As soon as I got to my fourth chip, this woman was puking all over the side of the road. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I feel disrespected.
1: And she puked up like vegetable soup. So, which they didn't have to do the close-up shot of the the bird having an absolute five-star meal of her vomit. I was like, well, well, well. Oh, to be a bird eating puked-up vegetables! <laughs> what
2: if only a life, life. <laughs> could be that simple. <laughs> if
1: only life was that simple. <laughs> um, but yeah, she—you know—what did you think of the these two characters upon their first impression? Like the first impression of Cal and Becky, because obviously that's who we meet right first,
2: away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Besides the vomit. <laughs> Right. And and their good friend Vomit. Um so uh I don't remember if it was on the podcast or during a stream we talked about the game Are They Dating or Are They Siblings? Oh,
0: yeah. But it was a podcast episode. You,
2: It was an episode. Okay, well, I was playing that game heavy at the beginning of this movie because Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell until they said something. I was like, "What? What is the dynamic here?" Right.
1: Well, you would, but you would have been correct if you said either one, as we soon find out. You are right. (laughs) You are just right. Either one, you say that is correct. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Um. So that had me confused at the start. I'm not gonna lie. But Mm -hmm. that being aside, you know, I was. I think, very neutral going into it because even I didn't watch any trailers or anything for this, so I didn't know anything about it. I have Mm -hmm. not read the short story, so I had no preconceived notions going into this movie. Um, I just know that there will be some tall-ass grass at some point, (laughs) and Mm -hmm. I assume the characters will be inside of it. Mm -hmm. And so the setup for me was, you know, everything I could expect from all these elements coming together in a movie. You got a pair duo driving next to a field of very tall grass. Then they hear somebody in said grass, and then it makes them proceed to enter the grass. Um, I was okay with, you know, (laughs) pretty much all the setup i did clock that i felt like the two of them should have been a little bit more suspicious at all of the abandoned cars near where this voice Mm -hmm. was telling them to enter the grass Mm -hmm. i did take a note of that um but outside of that i thought that the setup wasn't you know wasn't too terrible or anything
1: yeah it's a pretty nice it's a It's a good setup. It gets into the action fairly well, like, or or, I'm sorry, fairly quickly and well, I'll give them both. Why not? Um, (laughs) But yeah, you don't spend too, too much time on this build up. You get a little bit of backstory on why they are on the road uh, because Becky is pregnant and they're going to San Diego And she is very unsure of the decision that she's about to make, but Cal is like very, very much pushing her to follow through with whatever they're doing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like you get, you get a little bit of their dynamic and then right away they are being summoned into the grass. And it's one of yeah, it's one of those things where I, I think it's smart that, I mean, I don't know how else it would work with if the grass wasn't on like some very rural, um, long stretch of highway that seems abandoned. So I guess you could say, Oh, because we are horror, aficionados obviously we would <laughs> clock this these abandoned cars at this abandoned church but i could see how maybe they wouldn't pay too too much attention to it until it's too late but um, yeah
2: and i mean like here's the thing i fault them for that because as you said we are a horror aficionados yes. cuff cuff never seen the cube cuff <coughs> cuff uh but right,
1: <laughs> right. one but- of us uh,
2: <laughs> One of us may be a horror vision. No. <laughs> um, but I did think that the, the abandoned cars aside, I think having a young child calling out for help mm-hmm. um, to a, especially to someone who's a couple months pregnant is like a good way to organically get them into that field. I can say a thousand different ways all the different warning signs I would clock in that situation, but I feel like, given similar circumstances, would probably also enter the grass to try and help out this person.
1: Mm-hmm. Right? Because it's grass, like you know, it's, 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 it's grass. grass.
2: It's so you, grass. you
1: get it's grass, man. Yeah, you just <laughs> go in and you think, oh, if I go a couple steps in too far. It's easy peasy to turn, although I I think even in different circumstances, you could probably get turned around fairly easy in a giant field of tall grass. So I will Mm -hmm. have to go ahead and dock Cal some points for not having any kind of plan to, like, make sure he knows what direction he's going because they
2: really set up no preventative measures to get lost
1: at least for Travis when he goes in later he kind of gives he leaves himself some breadcrumbs although it is irrelevant like you know in his head he's like oh I'll leave myself some markers Cal Mm -hmm. and Becky just run in there like guns a Thinking. Yeah, so
2: sure of themselves so that they will sure find the way out
1: that they know exactly where they're going And it's so easy to get turned around and and stuff like that. Of course they think oh this kid's like not that far Not yeah. that far inside, but if I was Becky, I would have smooth been like Cal you handle this <laughs> I will sit in the car. I'll keep and- my legs up in the car.
2: <laughs> yeah here here tie a string around your waist I'll hold that you go yeah. in there We'll <laughs> Find this child.
1: Yeah and then when you're back out, we will be on our merry way. But mm-hmm. yeah, we, we've slowly realized that they are very close. Like they're, Becky and Cal are very, very close. And it seems like they often go places together. Like it, it definitely seems like they don't do anything on their own. So like mm-hmm. I'm not surprised that she went in with him, but couldn't be me. Sorry, it could not be me. <laughs> my to my sister, if you're listening to this, I I hate to say that, but you would, I would be at the car, and you would have to figure it out. I just can't. Your
2: ass would be in the grass.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Your ass is grass, and I'm in the car, and it's just <laughs> just the way it is. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's now I'll give the movie this right because it does it does a good job of pacing in the beginning. I will say Mm -hmm. like setting everything up because once they're in the field, it doesn't take too long for both the characters and us to learn how the field kind of works, basically, it's essentially like a moving maze, right? That's that's kind of like the best way to put it in the beginning where you think you're one place and you may be in at that place at some point in time, but that is constantly changing. And it completely disorients you like there will be moments where Cal and Becky get separated and then they'll be calling to each other thinking that they're right next to each other and then there's a great scene where they have a I- they do come up with a decent idea of like alright we'll both jump in the air mm-hmm. and see where each other is and so they do that and they clock that they're this distance away from each other and then they, they do it one more time and that distance is way different than it yeah. was before Yeah, that and that was great. like the big Moment where you realize, oh, this this grass kind of fucked up.
1: <laughs> oh, this grass, uh, some some's not right here. Yeah, what's out here? That's a great moment, and I love even leading up to that where Becky and Cal are talking to each other, and they keep being so convinced that the other person is moving because it consistently sounds like they're coming from different directions, and mm-hmm. so they're like getting frustrated with each other because they're like, "Hey, just stand still." And then, yeah, you realize that the grass is moving around them, which also causes them to shift location. Cause at first, cause, cause, okay, this, a rule that we come to learn is that dead things don't move. Like the grass does not move the location of dead bodies. Like, mm-hmm. um, so then if you are, so if you're living, you will be moving throughout this grass. And I remember the first time I watched it. I thought the grass was moving around them. But actually, no, it's like shifting them as well from place to place. They just that to them. They're standing in a solid, solid spot. They're not moving. Mm-hmm. But underneath them is what is is shifting. And yeah. it, it took me a little while to realize I didn't realize that until almost halfway through the movie because you have that shot of Travis where he's walking towards the sun and then he looks up and he realizes that now the sun is behind him. Behind
2: him. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, huh. (laughs) Yeah, they do a really good job of um, disorienting you. I do think that was captured very, very well. Um, Watching people walk through this grass, I felt very disoriented. I know that I would have felt the same way and just been completely captive to this grass because it just felt like the characters were they were constantly moving consistently just always moving but it never felt like they were going anywhere mm-hmm. and yeah especially when we get to the Travis portions and they start to sprinkle in these different clues about what's happening with this grass you see that like there's this air of hopelessness kind of with the grass because it just it feels like no matter how hard you try you just end up in more grass. Mm-hmm. And I I did love like some of the opening shots and their shots throughout um the entire movie of just the grass and watching it move and sway with the wind and everything. And like there those shots I really enjoyed. I will say like later on there are some shots that I didn't like as much as these ones, but I thought these very subtle shots of the tall grass like blowing in the wind almost like it's shifting the direction of everyone. Mm-hmm. I really like those, and I felt like it gave or it built a very nice atmosphere for this feeling of being lost within this field.
1: Mm-hmm. It, the the shots, yeah, of from up above as well, mm-hmm. where you're just watching them move through, I think are great because you can kind of see there are areas where the grass is really split, and they almost look like paths. And so it mm-hmm. looks like, oh, that's the way to travel, but it's not. It's just, you know, it, it tricks them into thinking, oh, I'm on a, I'm on a good path because obviously, you know, the grass is surrounding me. Some, the, this path has been cleared, but it, it doesn't matter. It all ends up back in the, in the same place. And yeah, there are some, some great shots. I, I think what ends up happening in the later half of this movie is that. Because the beginning is all setting up this idea and it it is such a simple idea, right, where you're in grass and you can't escape. You're in this Mm -hmm. endless maze. It's a pretty simple idea. And I think that's why you have the chance to set up these pretty interesting shots that really play into that. Oh, this is a never ending labyrinth and it helps you as the audience feel in their shoes. And then later on, as more elements get added to that, it gets a little muddy. Like, it, it just makes things... It, there's so much going on at certain points that I don't know were totally mesh for me, but there's so mm-hmm. much going on at certain points that it it almost feels like they they couldn't afford to do stuff like that anymore because they had to, they had a certain way that things were supposed to go. And so that's where the second half visually becomes less interesting than the first half for me is because they start to focus so much on these extra bits that they added. So yeah, the story ramps up, But I think the shots become more standard.
2: Yeah, I I kind of agree. And I do think you start losing that sense of just lost in the maze later on, too, because there's a lot more, you know, characters interacting with each other, chase scenes, all this stuff, all these different elements that put your brain elsewhere. So you're no longer just living in this world of, damn, I'm stuck here and I have no way out. Where do I go from here? Um, Because not knowing anything going into this movie, I thought that's what this movie kind of was going to be. I thought that this was going to be something maybe similar to The Ruins, where it's just like they're in a Mm -hmm. situation that they can't leave, Mm -hmm. and then we're just watching them either try and survive that situation or be consumed by it that's kind of what i started to assume was going to happen with this movie but it does take a little bit of a different turn when we realize that they're not the only people in Mm -hmm. the grass there are several other pieces at play while they're in there
1: right and i love when we run into tobin and he looks like donnie from the wild thornberries he looks <laughs> like he has been through the mud in the guck. He has been living in the wild <laughs> for weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so to- we meet Tobin, who is the little kid that they heard screaming for help. Mm-hmm. We meet his dad, who mm-hmm. is Ross. Yeah, Ross is his dad, um, played by Patrick Wilson, of course. Mm-hmm. And then we hear his mom. We hear his mom a lot. We only meet her twice. We see her once when she's outside of the grass and then we only see her once later on. Um, Mm -hmm. So she's definitely a character that we don't get very much time with. But I do actually think that this family dynamic is nice. I I I appreciate them having a kid in there. I think it adds a nice element to their predicament because you have this kid who we see in a couple different states because when we first meet him, he's this, like I said, this all knowing little Tarzan running around. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, I can show you. He's like Gollum, <laughs> like running through, the running through the grass.
3: I can show you I- the world. <laughs> Shining, yeah. shimmering, precious.
1: Yeah, basically. And then <laughs> we see him later when he is very much, you know, this innocent, golden haired little child. Um, but that's kind of in juxtaposition to his father, who is this charming salesman who is very much trying to give off this uh, all-American everyman vibe but after spending time with him, you realize that he is absolutely cracking beneath the surface. He is not, mm-hmm. it is not the happy family facade. And he is not the happy, friendly guy that he is trying to portray himself as. And, uh, you know, I-, I liked that family. And I, I do think it's, smart to have you it's kind of inevitable with movies like this where you have to have that human element to also be afraid of Uh, that because you know how far can you take oh we're worried about the grass before Mm -hmm. you need to add in something else to be worried about and I think that's very much Ross becomes that and even Cal becomes that in a little bit you know in in a smaller sense but You definitely do start to play into these, oh, we also have to worry about these humans in addition to this unnatural force that we're up against.
2: Yeah, very true. And we get all of this. This is like most of this is within the first like 25 minutes of the movie. So we really do get all of this set up fairly quickly. And it leaves us on a little bit of a cliffhanger around the like 25, 30 minute mark when Um, something happens to Becky that we don't actually get to see. We just know that something happens and that Kyle is broken up about it. But we then jump to a completely different character Mm -hmm. um, in Travis, who... Um, you can you get more details about it later on, but you can kind of just assume that Travis is the father of um, Becky's kid. Like the mm-hmm. moment he popped up on the screen, I was like, that's the baby daddy. Like I just <laughs> I just I knew
1: he was giving up very much. Uh, I I abandoned my my baby vibes <laughs> from the beginning for me from, from
2: the get. From the get, from, yeah, he yeah, most definitely was
1: <laughs> from the cigarette, from the cigarette <laughs> light up. I said, mm, "You, this yeah, man don't
2: take care of his kids. <laughs> you might have, you
1: might have left her in the in the cold, huh?"
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. But. With this new character, we get an introduction to a new idea that's very interesting in that he is actually searching for Becky and Cal because they have been missing for months. Mm -hmm. They never made it. They were on their way to San Diego. They never made it to San Diego. And so now he's taken it upon himself to look for them to find out where they are. And in doing so, also ends up at the exact same spot where we saw Becky and Cal enter the grass because he notices their car is parked mm-hmm. at the exact same church as all the other abandoned cars.
1: Correct. Yes. So he is on his mission. And I know I made, you know, my jokes about Travis, but he is actually one of my favorite characters uh in this movie. I definitely think he has the biggest arc of everybody.
0: Yeah. I agree and
1: with that. so yeah, he's trying to find Becky. He feels bad for obviously she's lost and he's trying to find her but he also definitely it seems that he harbors some guilt about the way that things ended between them Mm -hmm. so this is an instance where he's not he doesn't hear anybody in the grass he just goes into the he's, he's the first person we've seen that just goes into the grass um of his own free will because he thinks maybe becky took a little field trip a little (laughs) joy walk and her her pregnant self took a little walk (laughs) through the grass he's like "Ah, i'll give it a shot
2: so i mean it's it's but again i think it's another organic reason and choice from a character because he sees their abandoned car And he also sees that it's been abandoned for a long time. Mm -hmm. And and there's only two places around here. There's either the church, which he checks, or the field. And he, unlike uh cal and becky he goes into the church first mm-hmm. um to see what's going on there and then proceeds to go into the grass so he d- he takes his time like and he makes a very conscious decision to go in there and then he even like we like you were saying earlier mm-hmm. was making small or he was leaving himself a breadcrumb trail to get back should he actually get lost so he he didn't go in there just willy-nilly like he ah, went in yeah. there with a purpose and a tiny bit of a plan
1: right yeah he i mean and like i said it's grass well you know it's just grass man so of course he goes in there you know just to take, have a little look-see and then he runs into tobin as well um mm-hmm. because he finds
2: because tobin is jesus
1: tobin is a little baby jesus (laughs) um just like i said running around getting wild nobody knows what tobin does in there all day um (laughs) but yeah (laughs) tobin's just kind of running around plays us slightly so so this is the first time that we realize that because tobin knows travis he recognizes travis and he has a conversation like hey you don't remember me like what the fuck and Travis is like no I literally just got here so this is the first indication we have that they have met before and mm-hmm. in some capacity and that Travis though he is brand new Tobin is you know still continuing on because we find out that these are these are loops they're they're time loops they're cycles and mm-hmm. so Tobin is still in a loop and that's why yeah. he recognizes Travis from nah. his previous loop
2: I will say before we keep going, um, before the time loop is like fully solidified and introduced, mm-hmm. I did for a second there, I did think that they were going with like an abortion allegory here um, that Tobin was, oh, the, the baby. was the child. Yeah, was Becky's kid that he was supposed, like, I thought that's the direction they were going in. I really, really did um i was wrong clearly <laughs> but i just wanted <laughs> to throw that not. in there like <laughs> yeah in that moment that's what i thought that they were doing i was like oh is this going to be one of those like oh you didn't take care of the kids so now the kid's haunting you in the grass or mm. the situation i don't really know but i did think gotcha
1: that. yeah well because and then we do find out later that travis had actually i guess told becky to do that to their baby because he wasn't ready to be a father but she was actually gonna go and give her baby up for adoption so that's why Mm -hmm. she's going to san diego but yeah we we learned that a little bit later on but that's really interesting i actually could see that like i could i could see how you (laughs) might think that because yeah tobin is legit just some random kid running around the fields like in and yeah we know that he's pro like attached to somebody in some way but for the these first scenes that we meet him he's just this all-knowing kid and you're like what because he he's tells Tra- Travis says I want to see Becky and this is where Tobin didn't have to do him like this because Tobin says are you sure and Travis is like yeah I do what Tobin could have just- told him like could have warned him instead he brings travis to becky's dead body and is like (laughs) presenting (laughs) for one (laughs) night only your dead ex-girlfriend and like has (laughs) nothing to say to him and travis is like holy shit
2: (laughs) tobin while lost in the grass uh found an affinity for the dramatic flair apparently he
1: developed a very dark sense of humor while he in the grass (laughs) (laughs) Um, But but the other thing that's interesting about this is so then we start a new loop where we get to see Tobin and his family and how they come into the grass is Tobin's Tobin hears Travis yelling in the grass and then his dog runs in Tobin chases his dog and his parents chase him. Mm-hmm. And so that it, it closes up the cycle for us. We, we see how everybody is now continuing. But I have to assume that Tobin and his parents are the beginning. Like they surely must have gone into the grass first and then started all of these loops is the way that I assumed it happened
2: okay i i thought that it was in reverse order myself i thought that every the or travis in our in the actual timeline it would go the tobin's family then becky Cow, then travis but i think in grass time it, it played out kind of like it did in the second half with travis tobin's family and then Becky and Cal.
1: So so you think that in actuality, Travis was is the, the first one that won. is the first?
2: Even though, even though, yeah, timeline wise, like in how time actually works, that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's the only one that isn't prompted in there um that's why for me he kind of starts the cycle even though he's the last one to actually go in there mm-hmm. but i think that is I mean, not even a think i know that's up for contention that's just how i yeah. perceived it myself
1: i was thinking that maybe it was one of those things where because i just don't know why travis would have been there if he wasn't looking for becky and cal so what i thought is maybe in the begin in the beginning <laughs> like in, in the original timeline if Tobin and his family were there because they were there for no bo- I don't even know why they like they just happened to be there yeah and they were already there and so I thought maybe there is a timeline where his dog just ran in for no reason his dog was off a leash uh-huh. you know doing doing its dog thing and it just ran into the grass And then tobin Uh, followed it and then the parents followed it and then from there it begins so then on the subsequent timelines travis will be yelling and that'll get tobin's attention but maybe on that first one his dog just happened to run into the grass because it definitely seems like the way ross is cutting up in there it definitely feels like he discovered the rock like fairly early on and was just just cutting it up like just mm-hmm. just doing it up in there for for who Having knows grand how long old Having time. A grand old time and then you know more people started to come in and he was like great now i can kill all these people over and over and over again
2: what a fun time what we a shall fun have time
1: because ross is, yeah he he has his little speech his little like willy wonka villain arc where he is like <laughs> oh all you have to do is touch the rock and he is being <laughs> nutso bananas and then we also see later on that cal has been killed multiple times by ross and he's tried multiple times to evade him but every every one of Cal's cycles ends with ross killing him mm-hmm. and so i'm like it so it would make sense that he would be there first and consistently killing ross and becky until travis finally comes in and changes the cycle ever so slightly.
2: Yeah. It's it it all well could be. And it's just one of those things that the moment you start getting into time travel, like shit just yeah. it goes everywhere. You it know what I mean? Bonkers. Like you really you really have to be specific about your choices to even present a semblance. Mm -hmm. of a skeleton for these timelines and like the the thing about multiple timelines right is like every single decision makes a new timeline so it's like it's almost impossible to kind of account for all the different possibilities Mm -hmm. but i would say overall they did like a pretty good job like the idea was presented and then with the execution i understood what they were going for it wasn't so elaborate that i was too confused to keep up with what was happening but it was nuanced enough that everyone I think who watches it can kind of form their own opinions on how the very minute details of the time traveling works. Um, So I think that's, that's a happy medium that I think you can be okay with, with this kind of movie. Like as long as it's not so convoluted that it doesn't make any sort of sense, I'm usually okay with it.
1: Yeah. I'm not, I ain't mad at it. And, and Speaking of time, I feel like this movie, the movie in general itself also kind of fucks me up as far as the time, uh, like the time setting, because I remember the first time I watched this. I thought I assumed this movie was set in the 60s until she pulled out her cell phone Because <laughs> all of the movie or um, all of the music feels is like from the 60s, the way that Ross talks is very much like you know from the 60s the way his wife is dressed and even the way that like uh like becky is dressed it i don't know it's like something about it gives me like 60s housewife and it's not it's it's obviously set in present time because like i said like they drive regular cars
2: is it it? because maybe the their Tobin's family is just in there for a long fucking time and like we don't realize how long their cycle has been going and perhaps Becky and Cal enter that cycle later you know
1: maybe what kind of car were they driving
2: uh Tobin's family no but
1: the dad was on a cell phone
2: too. Oh yeah, yeah. At that's, the very fair, that's fair.
1: But still, okay. I mean, maybe he's just an old-fashioned type of guy. He's nah, just the nah, way nah. That he, We know, we, we know. The way he <laughs> talked, I was like, hmm. He also said that phrase correctly. That phrase, "You've got another think coming." Did you know?
2: Wait, you want to elaborate on that because I missed, I missed that. So
1: Please. you know that phrase where people say, "You've," if you think that's what's gonna happen, you've got another thing coming.
2: Yeah. But That's not what it is? No,
1: it's you've got another think coming. Like you, if you're thinking oh, that way, oh, you've got oh, another thing coming. And yeah, and he actually says it right. in Holy the- <laughs> shit. Yeah.
2: Homies. Sorry, that is the sound of my mind being blown. I <laughs> never knew that.
1: Brain explosion. Yeah.
2: Holy shit.
1: Probably didn't I bet you didn't think you'd be going to school today. Well, <laughs> class is in session.
2: <laughs> Holy shit I genuinely never knew that that's pretty wild no. that's crazy It's just oh.
1: it's just yeah I honestly I don't even I don't remember why I read that on something where it was like 10 phrases you've been saying incorrectly or like something like that and I remember seeing that and I was like I've never heard anybody say another think and then i watched this movie and i was like oh shit (laughs) oh okay (laughs) all right i guess i was wrong um but yeah
2: okay Only learn something new every day
1: thank you patrick (laughs) thank you mr wilson even though you didn't write that line but thank you for
2: thank you anyway (laughs)
1: thank you for putting so much emphasis on that word
2: (laughs) he's like ah i'm gonna teach these kids something they ain't never heard before never
1: learned before
2: (laughs) um Talk to me really quickly about The Rock, and not Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne The Rock Johnson? (laughs) Not Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Talk to me about this rock. How did you feel about The Rock? And what did you think The Rock was? (laughs) Explain The Rock to me, Erica. What is this rock?
1: What are your thoughts on The Rock? Um, so The Rock. Sorry, I cannot
2: think it. I think it every time you say
1: it. I mean, that was one of my notes. All I wrote was The Rock. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I believe that it is meant to be because it it see it's the center. Um Ross even says though that they are in the center of the United States, wherever they're driving through. And mm-hmm. he alludes to the fact that this rock may potentially be like the center of everything, the center of the universe. Obviously, this rock has some kind of power to mess up time and space because it's, you know, has all this power. Everything thing that's happening in the grass is powered by the rock and to me the way that i interpret it is that this grass is potentially some type of purgatory-esque place because everybody that is there it seems has something that they're trying to overcome i know that ross says that in his like you know villain monologue but i actually think a lot of what he's saying is true even if he sounds not so cuckoo bananas while he's saying it is Mm -hmm. that all of them probably are there for a reason i don't think it's a coincidence that this field is right across the street from a church I think that all of them are there and in some way or another may be considered sinning in some capacity besides Tobin because he's a child um, and the way that it seems is that the rock can either be a way to redeem yourself or if you continue to sin it it will be hell and you will be stuck there and because I think once you touch the rock, you have two ways that you can do or two ways that you can go. You can try and atone for your sin, sins and find redemption like Travis does um, in the end. Because although he abandoned Becky, he is able to redeem himself because he ends up saving her life and the baby's life by, you know, and closing the cycle. Mm hmm. Or you can be like Ross, who touched the rock and immediately just did evil with it and did bad things with it and with the power that the rock gives you. And Mm -hmm. so I think what it's trying to say is later on when the ground opens up beneath it and Becky sees all those bodies, I think that's all the people who had been trapped at one point in the grass and right. and gave in, continued to give in to their sins and now are going, are suffering in hell because of it. Cause they didn't okay. learn. And, Travis learns in the end and he, he can't, he still can't leave the grass. I do think that once you touch the rock, unless you're like truly pure of sin, I I do think that once you touch it, you probably do have to stay in the grass. But I wonder if Travis isn't going to that version of Travis, at least, because, you know, we know that there's still a Travis out in the world. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I do wonder if he wouldn't go to heaven because he, like, I wonder if that's why he died. And he was like looking up at the sky. And we like kind of came up off of him out of the grass. Is I wonder if he wouldn't be rewarded for, for what doing he did. the right thing? Or yeah, something like that. for what he was able to do.
2: Mm-hmm. Huh. Interesting. That's a that's a much better take than I had on the rock. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I honestly I didn't know. If I'm going to give my honest answer of what I thought the rock was, I Mm -hmm. didn't know. I went slightly literal with assuming that perhaps it was something alien that landed here and Mm -hmm. then had an adverse effect on the environment around it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this rock being at the center of the United States or the center of everything or whatnot is based off an actual like center point rock that exists somewhere. I think it's like... Maybe in like Australia or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the allegory of it kind of being a purgatory is not like I I, I don't disbelieve that. You know what I mean? Where it's mm-hmm. like I could I could definitely see that. The one thing that I thought differently going down that route is I assume that the people underneath the rock were just victims of the cycles. Like those were people that had already died there, not necessarily sinners that had died there, but just all the, like, all the versions of Cal that died were in that little hellscape down there. Like, every version of people that died in there. And they were just the thing that was feeding the field. Like, the field needed life to replenish itself. Like, it needed people to die within it because that's what it's using as soil and, like, nutrients to keep growing. That's what... I kind of assume the whole hellscape portion meant, mm. where it's just like, you're just doomed to become part of the field, basically.
1: Gotcha. Okay, because I wonder though, like, the reason that I assumed that was hell, and those were the people that kind of like, quote, unquote, um, failed the test, is because Cal, I, like, why wouldn't their body, I, I feel like those bodies are different than the bodies that just die in the field and stay up there because it it
2: seemed more like souls like those didn't seem like like they seemed like souls
1: yeah and so i just think i i think because also when tobin gets freed he comes out of a church like he comes he's he comes into the church that's where he's like he exits the field And that's another reason that I definitely feel like it's probably meant to be some kind of a religious allegory is Mm -hmm. because, you know, he comes out of the church and he is you know able to leave and i don't know if it's because he's a kid that he is able to leave but I, I like i don't know if there's a obviously once you touch the rock for some reason you are not able to leave um and i think it might be because you've given in to temptation like i, I do think that the rock Itself is a temptation, and you probably aren't meant to touch it because when he touches it, there seems like there's a lot of bad stuff going on. It seems like he like opens up his brain to things he's probably not allowed to know as a human being. Um, It's the
2: age old don't push the button test. Yeah. You see a thing that you're not supposed to touch, and then instantly you want to touch it. You
1: see Dwayne The Rock Johnson standing in the middle of the field. Like, how are you You not going to touch it? it. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Exactly. so yeah, I I do think that it, it especially because of how religious of a character Ross is. In mm-hmm. when we first meet him, that is a lot of what we learn about him. And I feel like he goes into touching the rock and he thinks that it is it, it's like a it's like he's trying to it's like a new almost like a new religion. The rock becomes his new god and he keeps trying to sell everybody that that is what needs to be done. Like, everybody oh, needs to do Oh, most definitely,
2: yeah. Because during his monologue, he just sounded like a preacher. Like, there was, you could yeah. definitely see that's where he's
3: pulling the influence like he was from. Like,
1: starting a cult.
3: Like, you follow the gospel of yeah. the rock. Touch it. The rock will save you from your sins. He's
1: like, touch it, touch it. And then everyone's like, what the fuck? Yeah, it, he's, he's definitely on all about that rock, um, for sure. And... So, yeah, I I do think it has some kind of some kind of connection to redemption and temptation and possibly absolving yourselves yourself of your sins. I guess what I just am still trying to figure out is so if you're in there. And you don't touch the rock how do how are you going to get out because it's like if the rock is a sin and it's temptation and you're not supposed to touch it but that's the only way that you'll know how to get out what are you meant to do you know what i mean like yeah we yeah. see and then we see that there's like little holes in the in the grass the dog air bud just time jumps uh, out, <laughs> of the, out of the field onto on the road and so i guess there are other ways to get out but that's where i I'm still a little bit unsure about my interpretation of things. Um,
2: yeah. So, yeah. And I would almost devil's advocate, <laughs> funny enough, <laughs> that the some of that comes with I think the message for me getting a little muddy towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because I do agree. I think that the whatever theme this rock was supposed to represent and be and what this field was supposed to be, and even the church had some religious undertones to it, but I almost feel like either I couldn't catch it or they just didn't decide exactly what that religious statement they were trying to make was, or if they were even trying to make one for that matter. Because like, once we get into the portion where, you know, Ross is very openly crazy, he is chasing them fucking exploding heads which by the way i do love me a good head crunch mm-hmm. um whenever they are presented uh it's such a that's such a brutal
1: oh
2: yeah. brutal way to go um shout out to all the game of thrones fans <laughs> i thought um, i
1: thought you were going to say <laughs> shout out to all the head crunchers out there like <laughs> i don't know I didn't know, I didn't know i didn't know where that, you were I going that
2: with that <laughs> that would have uh, played well but
1: so confused i was like
2: what who are you shouting out right now Uh, no it's just like that people crushing heads with their own hands has been used in several different things Mm -hmm. but it it doesn't get any less brutal anytime because it's just like the idea of that scares the shit out of me like for real for real Mm -hmm. because no one just instantly unless it's like a like a cartoon or a comic no one just instantly crushes a skull right like you have to sit there and fucking squeeze that Mm -hmm. shit and the person just has to be there and takes it i'm like yeah
1: you're just stone cold chilling while you know your skull is being
2: is being fucking decimated and apparently the rock gave him the strength of dwayne the rock johnson for him to be able to even Mm -hmm. do that shit
1: yeah that's one of the perks (laughs) Joining the Rock cult as you gain <laughs> his strength as well. Uh,
2: but there's a lot of like random, just little shit throughout the end, from like yeah. the cinematography to just some of the stuff with the with Becky's baby and like yeah. the random people who are also in the field. I guess
1: the
0: grass and
2: people. like yeah, the grass people and her like losing her baby and all that stuff. Like it, there was just you said this earlier in this review like there was just a lot there was a lot mm-hmm. of stuff going on and for something that's already dealing with time traveling and time looping plots adding in all this other stuff i get it it's to add more nuance but like it gets confusing really quickly
1: and uh it's just a bit it's a bit in a, in a premise that's already you're suspending your disbelief quite a lot it gets to be a bit much uh, i think one of the things that i'm like eh, the least like sold on is all of the stuff with becky's baby and the imagery of that when we see the grass inside of her like inside of the womb and it's like caressing the baby baby what Mm -hmm. is that what are we doing here i i just thought that it's it's a bit much and then and then yeah we get into this bit later where that you know she is bet the ross feeds her her baby and like all of this stuff that it didn't feel like it quite fit into what was going on i i, I you know because it was it just that they were wanting to sacrifice the baby because and i get it ross is crazy yeah go crazy like he's you know mm-hmm. he's lost it by that point and so i don't fault him for being for doing weird shit at that point but i i just feel like it it went in a I didn't know if it was just meant for shock because I don't know why. Like why.
2: Like why the Why happen- is yeah. this? I from happening? the movie. Yeah, from the movie, I didn't really catch it. Like I get that they were like while it was happening, they were showing us the carvings on the rock, showing that it's attached to something, like some interpretation you're supposed to make from these drawings that are on the rock. And like I said earlier, I didn't read the short story but I did clock that the baby eating thing is a direct pull from the short story. So like it could have been just one of those like fan service things that they were Mm -hmm. like, well, we know this is in the story. So we also have to include it in the movie somewhere. It was just like for how gruesome it was. I won't take away that that's like a gruesome idea and it's really like icky and, disgusting to think that she ate her own baby but even in the moment it just it was weird for me how it was shown it was very yeah. yeah it was like i get that like all right maybe she's been in the in the grass for a long time so she's delirious she also just gave birth so like there's a lot of things going around she doesn't really know what's going on or whatnot but Baby girl, you don't know the taste of flesh? Like, even in your distorted state, you can't tell that you are eating raw flesh right now? You really don't? You don't know?
1: And then, in, in the, look, the slurping noises, they went a little bit too extra on those. They were so fucking loud. She sounded like she was eating ramen.
2: Fucking schmacking oh, while the, eating that baby. The,
1: AS, the, the If the baby eating ASMR was too much. <laughs> it was too much. It truly was. I don't, I like, while I was watching it, because really that's, you know, we're seeing her face and we're hearing these sounds of her eating and it's so loud it's just and and also yeah the hallucination thing i i know they've been yeah it's like she just gave birth and she probably is really delirious but i wish maybe that was something that happened more like maybe more people hallucinated and it was an aspect of the grass um Mm -hmm. because it's just it's just random. She thinks it's her brother, but it's actually Ross. And i and it's I mean, also like,
2: he doesn't have a great argument, or not argument, but he doesn't have a great hide either. He's like, oh, it's just grass and seeds. Right. Clearly not grass and seeds, but even if it was, you're going to let this man feed you grass and seeds? It's like, thanks. You've been in there for days, and you didn't think about eating grass not one time, and not all of a, a sudden, month. you suddenly hungry for grass. I disbelieve.
1: I mean, she did just give birth. I'd probably eat grass, all too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if all right, that's all right, I right. had. I'd say, Since you know I what? Do,
2: all right. Since I do not have a womb, I will retract yeah. my statement. I I'd don't say, know, what know what post-birth post <laughs> hunger feels like. Season,
1: season that with some dirt and go ahead and put it on a plate. <laughs> yeah, give me something. But I think, too, because part of me wonders if it's this element of, oh, she... um this was her sin, right? She's going to give up her baby. And maybe it's playing into that is now the fear of losing her baby is kind of what changes her mind at the end. Well, not that she knows, but you know what I mean? Like throughout it, it seems like she's changing her mind and she really wants to decide she wants to keep the baby. And so I'm wondering if maybe it's just playing into that fear of hers. But then at the same time, we don't really get to see that happen to anybody else. Like, I, I don't, you know, it doesn't play into anybody else's fears in that same way and Mm -hmm. so if if that was the case then uh, yeah i don't know i don't know why the baby is like is it just another thing is is she the is that like another allusion to religion and to the bible and is that
2: i, I gotta think that on? it is because why else make this character pregnant other than what to like raise the stakes that she's pregnant you know what i mean like it right i feel like it's a choice that's made to integrate somewhere into the story um but it seems that it just kind of culminates in her eating her own baby um, which I don't think was the intended effect. Like, I feel like there was supposed to be more there than just that. Mm-hmm. But on a first pass, that's kind of all I really took from it.
1: Right. And then we get the grass people. And then the grass um, people,
2: we don't even we don't even start to, like, get to understand the grass people. They show up, and then they're gone. They and then look, they're it's like, like that's they it.
1: look cool, but I'm like, where are the what in the gang of grass we've never seen these people (laughs) before and now they come out to crowd surf her through the grass and then they just they just leave her there that's another thing it's yeah they see they carry her to the rock so i'm like okay she's going to the rock and i'm assuming that's why it's a sacrifice type thing but i think what throws me off is if the grass people were doing that, if the grass people did the thing with the baby, I almost feel like that would make more sense than the grass people carrying her there, leaving her there, and then Ross swooping in to do his little right. thing. It's like, why, we needed one or the other, but don't give me both. Is he in He's mm. is he in shenanigans with the grass people? <laughs> I mean, I guess he is, but yeah. He's on their payroll all of a sudden. It just, feel, <laughs> right? it just feels bizarre. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's just, it gets, there's just a lot going on towards the end that makes it like a little bit, a little hard to watch because it's, it, you are just try, at least for me, you're trying so hard to keep up and mm-hmm. in doing so you're doing your best, but also they keep even towards the end of the movie, they keep adding in these little things that you're supposed to now, because the, the grass people come in very, very late into the film mm-hmm. and then are never to be seen from again. So it's like, why introduce that?
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: like, I don't, I don't know what better way there was to handle that situation. But it was just, again, going back to my initial thought of like, there's a lot going on. So adding on even more in the last half is just it's it's a risk, especially right. if people weren't captivated with the first half of the movie, you know,
1: then they're then there's extra loss. Mm-hmm. And and I do there are little elements of this. There are parts in this that I think are so cl- like so brilliant and so clever, like the part where you know Ross is getting angry and the grass just completely stops moving, and things where um, like the the phone call where Becky calls
2: herself mm-hmm. Her
1: and leaves that voicemail. Although I said, to you, you might you might want to switch up the script a little bit because that's not yeah. making <laughs> it, that's not making enough sense. You need to get a little bit more detail in there. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'd be like, yo, it's you. Hi, I'm Becky in the future. <laughs> Your brother is is nuts and he's in love with you. So don't let him don't leave him alone with uh Travis because he's gonna kill
2: him. Yeah. Also, do we need the the mini incestual interpretation? <laughs> like, was that actually necessary?
1: Did you? How'd you feel about it? <laughs> Did you like did you like it or were you into it? What's go what's going
2: on? <laughs> how do you how do you how do you vibe with that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Was it good vibes for you or like where is it weird? Look, if
2: we're going <laughs> if we're going under the religious allegory um idea here, then sure, I guess, because then it gives him a sin that he has to work through while he's in right. this grass purgatory. Right. But outside of that, it was just creepy. Like that and that's just how I felt I was like, yeah. this just weirds me out and creeps me out. I don't like this
1: cal is a fool the man is is but he is probably honestly one of my least favorite characters and that's underneath ross (laughs) he's just a coward and you know it's one of those things where when they set them up in the beginning you don't feel that way And I I appreciate that they set them up in the beginning and you just think, oh, they're just like siblings, they have a really great relationship and you are you you're like you like both of them. And then as time goes on and Cal gets more and more intrusive into his sister's life and his, his sister's relationship, and then it comes out that that's always been an issue, you're like, ew. Ew! Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute! Whoa! 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 Uh, what the fuck's up? Cause yeah, Cal, and and I I do I do appreciate the way that they like built upon it, cause I think they could have gone way overboard with it. But for the majority of it, until that you know Travis comes in and he in that whole confrontation happens, I do think that they teeter that line of Cal just being way too overprotective and him being crossing a line. And it isn't until they really get into that argument. And Travis kind of makes it obvious that this is a chronic issue for the two of them Um, that you're like, oh, yuck. But um, I I, I like I like that. It's not more than what it is, because that would have been that would have just been another layer where it's like, okay, what else? (laughs) What else is going to happen in the movie? Mm -hmm. Travis, you got anything? did you kill somebody <laughs> what happened <laughs> like what just do you mean fun. you let me know but yeah it's um and i do appreciate that becky is you know calls him out on his weird bullshit like i like that becky isn't just like oh la de da the whole time yeah she she definitely is like can you back the f- get back up and give me some space <laughs> please
2: <laughs> yeah i feel that it's It is what it is. I'm personally okay that Cal made the wrong turn when he did. And that was one of the few times I was kind of rooting for Ross. But I mean.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Apparently he's made that wrong turn at least 10 times.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? I enjoyed it every one of those <laughs> 10 times. And I
1: liked all of the times. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, the But there are some confusing elements to it, um, but there's a lot of good, and there's a lot of stuff that I did enjoy. The different Tobins that we saw kind of confused me, because mm-hmm. I feel like Tobin, I understand that we're dealing with alternate timeline Tobins, but mm-hmm. their sensibilities seemed like so different from each other Mm. that I almost had a hard try hard time tracking which Tobin we were following most most specifically the Tobin that we meet that has touched the rock that Tobin I didn't understand that Tobin because Mm. we only get we only really get one version of Tobin that touches the rock and then every other version of Tobin is like do not touch this rock stay away from this rock etc etc but If Tobin at some, in one of these timelines had touched the rock, then that Tobin could leave, right? So, or that Tobin at least knows how to leave. Like, yes, he says, like, you touch the rock, you can't leave, mm -hmm. but that Tobin would know how to leave, right?
1: So you're saying, like, why doesn't he?
2: Why doesn't he? Or, like, why doesn't that Tobin, because that Tobin's not like Ross, where it's trying to, when it meet, when it meets, um, Travis, not trying to murder Travis. Mm Mm-hmm. But why not then just show Travis the way out?
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because he just like disappears. Like he shows Travis. That's another cruel, cruel joke. He shows Travis Becky's dead body and then he goes ghost. He's like yeah.
2: he bad. He actually does that multi <laughs> Yeah, he does that multiple times. And I'm wondering like why, like even in a different timeline, why would Tobin, now that he's found another person, granted, sure, these different timelines, he's been there for a long time, but why would he shun the fact that he's now found another living person that mm-hmm. could potentially get him out of this field? Unless every one of those uh Gollum, tobins has all touched the rock so they can't leave i don't really know and i don't know if i'm so like solo confused right. about that
1: well and that's why i wonder though if touching the rock is causes you to not be able to leave well, like
2: well, Ross says once you touch the rock, you won't want to leave. But he also says, like, yeah, I found mm. the road. Like, I got, I made it all the way to the road. Yeah, I just don't want to leave now because I, I touched yeah, the
1: rock. Yeah, that, maybe that's what it is. Maybe touching the rock, Tobin was like, all right, this is my crib now. Like, what's up, MTV? Welcome to, <laughs> welcome to my crib. <laughs> yeah, maybe he just didn't. Maybe it was one of those things where, like, knowing what he knew, he had no desire to leave. Because... Yeah, I I don't know why else he wouldn't show them how to leave or because what he he meets Cal right like that version of Tobin meets both Cal and yeah Travis, actually right? I may have
2: it confused Did, I I can't remember if he who he showed the rock to if he showed it to Travis or if he showed it to Cal I feel like he showed it to Travis right
1: he showed it to I don't know I don't think I don't think Tobin shows the rock to. Either one of them. I thought that Ross showed the rock to both of them. Cause no, because there's a there's
2: a there's a moment where Tobin touches the rock and he's like, oh yeah, that feels great. Like I remember that part. Um, oh,
1: I think that was with Cal.
2: Tobin, rides, ba, ba, ba. Tobin, no, Tobin leads Cal to the rock.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, because that's when that's when Cal that's almost first... touches it and then Becky screams. That's what it is.
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, he leads he leads Cal to the rock. That's what happened. Okay, but okay, there still is a version of tobin that leads people yeah. to the rock and is seen touching
1: because he leads yeah because that first version so when he first time you see tobin is when he meets cal and mm-hmm. yeah he takes him to the rock and he like, I don't know the the rock gives him like a drug rush. It gives everybody. Everybody that touches the rock is like <gasps> uh. oh, that's the stuff like everybody is like immediately jazzed. But yeah, he he almost. And yeah, he almost gets Cal to touch the rock. And then Becky screams and Cal runs away. But yeah, it's like why that's why I feel like maybe it is one of those things where the rock is influential. And so if you do touch it, like, yeah, Tobin is a good kid. He's a good person. But so say in that timeline, Tobin's dad got him to touch the rock. Maybe it just influenced Tobin as well to be like, or maybe that was a timeline where Ross successfully convinced Tobin that the rock was truly was truly it it was the moment like they need, they mm-hmm. needed to be all about the rock maybe it was one of those things but I, I get what you mean it's like compared to the Tobin we see later it's it's hard to even know that that's the same person because I definitely think with Ross you see you see bits and pieces of how he is like before he even touches the rock, you see that he has like that part of him beneath. And so mm-hmm. when he touches the rock, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's how that guy would be. And and yeah, and even with Travis, it's like Travis is still himself. He's just influenced by this knowledge that he has, but obviously he uses it for good so yeah i get i get what you mean like why is tobin like this mad this mad (laughs) scientist yeah this absolute (laughs) mad lad running around when later on we see that he's he's not he doesn't have like an element of that to himself yeah
2: and there was also this is just like a petty reason but like he was so golden boy when he entered there Mm -hmm. um that it was just such a stark difference. at least like i i felt like the timeline tobin we were tracking would be the blonde haired like clean one in the we'll call it the good the good timeline where like we get the storyline that we get right Mm -hmm. I would almost think that that Tobin would be the one that we would eventually meet up with Travis and everybody but we get the other Tobin just look wise who's been in there for a while which again it's nitpicking but it's I think this all just falls under that umbrella of when you deal with time travel things get a little bit wonky yeah but it kind of is what it is it's the nature of that specific kind of plot point that Mm -hmm. you just kind of have to deal with. The yeah. one thing that I am not fully decided on is how I feel about there not being a reveal for what the fuck the rock actually wants. I under now I understand that that's supposed to be left up for interpretation. Uh-huh. I get that. And a lot of times that works and sometimes it doesn't. My potential issue with not knowing what the rock wants is it almost feels like a scapegoat for any plot holes that are in the story
1: interesting yeah i think that i personally think the smartest way they could have ended it was not revealing what the rock wants, but that's only because i i don't know how they would have been able to do that without it being cheesy or Mm -hmm. giving an explanation that felt forced or ridiculous okay. um but yeah okay yeah i i think it is probably the smarter thing to do to not reveal it but i understand how because c- c- this is a movie where too at the end it it has a little almost it has a little bit of a retcon not necessarily because it i I think it can be inter- interpreted that some of these characters are now dead because like I don't think Tobin's dad is gonna I don't think the Tobin family they're gonna come back around like I don't think they're gonna have another cycle because we're picking up after they would have already done their loop like their mm-hmm. last loop I don't know but either way
2: yeah like, I assume that we yeah I'm kind of like we have uh Tobin that has been through some shit. We got mm-hmm. Becky and Cal, and then Travis is somewhere still being a deadbeat dad. Yeah, Travis
1: is somewhere drinking in a in a bar, singing, like, Sweet Caroline on karaoke. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Good choice. It, <laughs> good song choice. <laughs> um, but, yeah. It, it, but other than that, it's like we, we kind of just seal everything up, and the characters we're seeing now, besides Tobin, haven't had to deal with that. And then it's just like, and The Rock is just gonna continue to do what it do do what it do whatever that is nobody yep. knows like
2: making taramana tequila out there in that field
1: <laughs> it's, <yeah. laughs> it's just gonna continue getting roles in action films yeah <laughs> and like yeah we we don't know it's just it just is kind of left to what it yeah, is. The,
2: the cycle will either continue or it won't. It's kind of yeah. just left in the air. Possibly because
1: um, it's like we we're left with the idea that they're gonna go to the police, but it's like what are the police gonna do? And I just like put caution tape all around the <laughs> all around the crash.
2: Right. Yeah. Kind of. And yeah, it, it it is what it is. The the two things before we like end off that I thought about were yeah. um. The first one being, although I thought that as people die and their souls got captured by the field, um, that's kind of what that hellscape area was. I'm still confused that if we're dealing with multiple timelines, why did we never run into any of the other people from the other cars? Um, Because I feel like they would also be stuck in time loops. Like I guess I wasn't entirely sure why our time loop outside of just movie plot. Why our time loop only revolved around this group of people and none of the other people were involved.
1: See, that's why I kind of wonder if if you touch the rock um, and you die, like say you touch the rock and then you die after that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, do you just die? But right.
2: Like you don't get a you don't get a restart. You get or get a, yeah, you
1: don't get a reloop. But. But then I don't know. I'm like, but but, because I guess that would mean that Tobin, Wild Thornberry's Tobin, couldn't have died. He was just still running around in there somewhere. Because if he died, but no, but that doesn't make sense. Because he, wait a minute, wait, (laughs) (laughs) wait, I don't know. I don't know. Now I'm confused. I can't
2: see you, but I can see the equations just like going all around your head right now. As you're like, wait a minute, this timeline met this timeline.
1: But if this Tobin it, from this timeline didn't, again, die, like
2: I said, that's just like, I don't know if there's an actual answer to that. I'm just like, that's one of those things that when you deal with time travel, yeah. sticklers like me start thinking about, about like, where the fuck are all these other people that are supposed to be stuck in a time loop?
0: Right. Um,
2: but the other thing, um, and this is less of an opinion, but more of just another thing that I was looking at um when researching this movie is apparently in the short story there is no time loop. Like they're just in the field and then they deal with stuff in the field Mm -hmm. and then either, you know, get killed or whatever. But like there's no there's no time looping in the original narrative. Right. Which I was like, huh. And and if
1: I'm correct, I'm pretty sure Travis is not in the original novel either i think he's i think he's just talked about but he's never
2: actually in there but
1: they like added him in to this one because i think without travis i i mean travis is there to give us the ending that we get like Mm -hmm. because yes the ending in this is also different than the um original but hmm interesting i see and that's the thing it's like i don't think it, like I, I, I like the time element to it. I do think that it is very clever. I do think that it probably plays up better in a movie form. Like, I understand why they would add that for the movie because it makes for some of the coolest parts in this movie are like the the, the the scenes that I like and some of like the coolest ideas, I think, are a result of that aspect, despite them, you know, leaving me in confusion at times. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see where that would probably translate better for the screen, and it would be a nice element to add in to this and i also think it helps with the exposition it, to have a time loop because yeah you get to meet characters over time. yeah you get to meet characters again and you get to learn their little whereabouts without having it all happen at once um so i, I, I get that but i i i do see how there's also a story in here that doesn't necessarily need that element so mm-hmm. i could go either way i'm not yeah not too it was sold.
2: just yeah again i'm not slapping an opinion attached to that yeah, i no, just noticed cool. that that was something that was different that's in regards to the two yeah, yeah.
1: And, the, and my last thing i wanted to say just going back to the director um i definitely think it makes sense that he did this movie especially if if you've seen cube <laughs> mm. um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no it it because it's it makes a lot of sense when you take the heart of this movie it's just a bunch of characters in a central location all kind of interacting with each other and having to deal with each other uh each other's different personalities which is a huge aspect of the cube movie and i think a lot of the way that he shoots um or at least a lot of the shots that he had in that movie also work in this movie um as a result it's a it's a Bit of a minimalistic movie in some Mm -hmm. aspects, although this one definitely goes into a lot more, a lot crazier directions than Cube. But I definitely understand why he was the director that they they chose for this, because I definitely feel like after realizing he was director, the director, I understood why I like the way that this movie is shot so much mm-hmm. is because i am a fan of that film so yeah yeah that was a good choice on their part i think for this for this movie True that.
2: yeah no i agree actually i i did all things all things aside and all judgments aside i really love the cinematography in this movie mm-hmm. um i think we could have done with one or two less artsy shots you know what shots i'm talking about when yeah. like, you rewatch them you know what shots i'm talking about where like they're cool Do we need them? Probably not. I don't know. They are cool, though. But that's a personal opinion. Yeah,
1: it was. uh, Yeah, it was the it was the grass. It was the grass up the dress for me that had me (laughs) shaking my head. I was like, I don't know if we needed this at all, at all. (laughs) but other than that i i I was pretty on board i did write one note that said cool shot or cool image but did we need it and i don't know what i wrote that about but i know it was in the second half so i guess that's all i really need to say Mm -hmm. cool image but did we need it probably not (laughs) (laughs) but all right um are we ready to rate in the tall grass
2: I think so. Um, off the top of the dome, I'm thinking maybe just do time loops um, mm-hmm. as a potential one, but I'd love to hear your ideas.
1: I'm down for time loop. Okay,
2: okay. We keep it simple. Keep it simple this week. I'm all right with it. <laughs> um, Would you like to go first or do you want me to go first? Oh, sure, I'll go first. Why not? Alrighty. All right. I think I will give In the Tall Grass 3.8. Out of five time loops. Yeah. I don't think at this point, like, we kind of covered everything, so I don't have too much to say. I think the idea of this movie and the story is really cool. I think that the atmosphere was really well done and very well established. I thought a lot of the shots were cool, and I thought some of the time stuff was actually a lot of fun. It's just, for me, it gets a little confusing in the second half, especially when we start branching off into what some would say are the themes, the underlying themes of this movie, I think it gets a little bit muddy. Mm -hmm. And I do think that there are a couple, like if you look hard enough, there are a couple plot holes that you can poke at because you're dealing with time travel. And it's a little distracting for me for the overall thing. But that being said, I did think that this is a fun movie. Um, I think it is very, very strong first half. It kind of peters out a little bit towards the end, but I definitely think it's worth a watch. And I think that the concept, although simple and complicated, I think they did a pretty good job at executing it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I, I think I feel good about a 3.8 out of 5 time loops.
1: Nice. Um, I'm going to go with, I want to say, ooh, I'm thinking either... I'm like flip flopping between 3.6 and a 3.7, so I'm gonna go 3.65 um, okay. time loop. We get into
2: them deep decimals.
1: look When you gotta be scientific, uh, when you got a scientific film such as this, sometimes <laughs> you gotta get the 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 extra decimal numbers in there. Um, but yeah, 3.65 time loops out of five. Um, yeah, I actually I like this movie. I agree with a lot of what you said. I think the atmosphere and the way that things unfold, i I, I do love a nonlinear story um at times. and i I think this is a fun play on that. and the the sh- like the the shots they're able to do that help build up the the feeling of being trapped in this very tall grass i think are fantastically done it really brings you into the story and it really adds to the desperation that i think a lot of the characters have and all each character has their own thing for the most part which i enjoy and i like how my feelings towards characters shifts uh, throughout this film and it, it despite it being a fairly simple concept it does a lot with what it is which is sometimes detrimental to the film but what it does well i enjoy and i think that acting is really good in it i like the the conclusion that we come to. And I actually really enjoy that it's open-ended. But I will say, I think that they just threw too much at the wall towards the latter half. And I do think that some of the characters are just not as strong as others or I don't quite understand what is happening to them as much as I understand with others. And so, yeah, 3.65 time loops for me um but yeah i agree i do definitely i think it's a movie worth checking out if you like i i'd say if you like stephen king in the sense of you like like uh children of the corn or like that kind of a thing or if you like more of his slow burn stories that i think this would be a good one to check out i think it would be worth it and mm-hmm. you'll probably know within the first like 15 minutes if it's going to be your vibe or not um but sure. at least throw toss it on and see how you feel um, yeah because I, I think agree. it's interesting it's a definitely it's an interesting concept and i enjoyed seeing that from him because i felt like i hadn't seen something like this um so yeah that is it for our first discord decides in the tall grass i hope everybody that voted for it uh, enjoyed our breakdown and our review and please 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 tell us what is going on tell us what is <laughs> happening in your opinion what do you think the rock means what do you feel about how it ended um And also, who do you think started the time loop? Those, I think, are my best or my best, my biggest questions that I would be interested to see other people's opinions on. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yes, please let us know your thoughts. If you'd like, you can reach out to us through our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or you can talk to us in our discord. Uh, Go to our link in our bios for the link to that or if you would like to you can always email us uh, we are homies of horror at gmail.com you can email us your thoughts questions concerns uh, requests or recommendations go ahead and send them there um if you are so inclined we would very much appreciate it if you would go to apple Podcasts and leave our podcast a rating or a review We love hearing from you, homies, and hearing what you think of the show. And also, the more ratings and reviews that you have on your podcast, uh, the more Apple will put it in front of potential viewers' and listeners' eyes. So, if you guys are able to and you have an Apple account, we would very much appreciate that. And if you want to hang out with us and hear a little bit more chit chat on this and watch us get scared and drink some drinks uh, you should come to twitch Uh, we twit we play every single Monday we do like a homies hangout thing Um, and then once in a while we'll do some other random streams throughout the week Uh, so if you would like to be notified first thing when we stream Please follow us on Twitch. We are Homies of Horror on there. And the link for that is in our bios. And if you come through for our homies hangout, then we will see you tonight. But other than that, I think we're all done. We hope that you homies have a great rest of your week. We are so excited for our future Discord Decides. And we hope that you are as well. And we will be catching you next Monday, you guys.
2: Catch you next time, homies.
1: (laughs) Bye.